This is The After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. That's right. It's Friday. Hi, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I love your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt today. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You look very cute. Oh, oh thank very you very cute. much. Thank you yeah. Much. So how's it going on this Friday? Any big weekend plans? No, I um, take great pleasure in not planning out my weekend. Although <laughs> my father's cousins from Australia, who I visited when I went around the world, they're visiting now. And so we're going to have dinner oh. with my mom tomorrow. But other than that, I'm, okay. I'm free. I'm clear. That's fun. I like that. You know who's um, having a great day today? Who? Pauline. Happy birthday, Pauline. Pauline, happy birthday. Yay. Yay. Happy birthday. Very the one cool. nice thing about Facebook, it tells you when people's birthdays are. So, I like it. Happy so birthday, shout out Pauline. to Pauline and her kitties. Um, did you see this video? I just saw this video of this um incident that happened in uh at a birthday party where they hired the Hulk to come play oh, that's he can toss a bear he can wrestle a bull by its horns but the hulk met his match at a birthday party for a four-year-old in brazil when his toes couldn't handle the flooring <laughs> <laughs> the little girl who came closest to getting squished by the bulk of the, the kids running away. They're like, no! Look at the terrified face of the girl fleeing with her dolly. <laughs> the Hulk joined the ranks of the face planters, the singer who found himself skating on. Anyway, I just thought that was pretty I think, funny. Um, I think I would have been terrified. Yeah. I would have been terrified regardless. Yeah, pretty funny. The Hulk fall falling through the door. Little kids, man, got to be careful with them. I'll tell you. Well, thanks oh, for look joining at all the us. Messages. Um, happy birthday, oh, Pauline. Happy birthday, Pauline. Yay. So, if yeah, you if to, you could uh, please click, click like, like and subscribe, we would appreciate subscribe. it. Subscribe. If and you want to share the show, if you want to share the show, yeah. or share a short, it will help mm -hmm. us. Try to say that fast. Share a short or share the show. <laughs> uh, it'll help us get subscribers to help the show become more successful. But right now, let's talk about this crock in a chicken coop. This is no, not where you, you want to find... You didn't have a croc on Florida, so we had to bring the croc Thank here. you. I appreciate it because I was missing my croc today. Yeah. Look at this guy. It looks like kind of a tunnel, but apparently he was in a chicken coop. This in Australia, in Queensland. Crikey. Mm, they respond to a home, the wildlife officers do, where residents made a surprising discovery in their chicken coop. Yeah, it was this crocodile. There it is. The uh, the officers were called to this home when residents spotted what they initially thought was a guana lizard. Turns out to be a crocodile hiding in the property's chicken coop. Fortunately, they say all the chickens and pets living on the property have been accounted for. He didn't manage to eat any of them. But hey, I mean, if I was a croc, chicken coop seems like a great place to be. The crocodile was loaded into a PVC tube. Oh, that's why he's oh, in the tube. Saying, yeah. And transported to a facility where he will remain until they can find a new home or a licensed farm or zoo to let him go. But the, I thought the warning they issued was funny. While it isn't unusual to see crocodiles around this area, it is unusual to find one in someone's backyard. The wildlife officer says this is a good reminder to everyone in croc country, crocodiles can turn up in unexpected places, so it's always important to be croc-wise. And you know the croc is thinking, oh no, not the PVC pipe again. <laughs> not the pipe. Anything but the uh... pipe. Yeah. No. Well, we have a story uh, out of a Arizona animal shelter. An Arizona animal shelter shared security camera footage of a dog that escaped from his kennel at night, opened a door into the, an office, and swiped some snacks before being greeted by the responding police officer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to show you the video. It's silent, so we'll have to t uh, unmute and talk over it. But um, check this out. So you got the dog coming out of his kennel. Now, look, he manages to open the door. Oh, he's a smart one. Yeah, smart doggy. Now he's in the office doing some paperwork, uh, but he knocked over some liquid and then he found the treats. Yep. And here's the police officer showing up. This is like 2.30 <laughs> in the doing? morning. What are you doing? What are you doing in here? Hey, buddy. 
<laughs> and so apparently set off a lot of alarms. Um, I guess it's good that they have the alarms. Um, but he's still a good boy. Those huskies are really smart. Yeah. It says on the screen, walkies. Do I get a walk? <laughs> Do I get a walk? And the police officer turns off the uh, alarm. Um, but what's really cool here is you'll see the police officer come back and he cleaned everything up. That's cool. Yeah. Very, very nice. You won't see a San Francisco police officer doing this. <laughs> like calling someone else. Hey, listen, there's a mess up. Somebody can. Right. Pick. Like somebody broke in. I got to go, you know, <laughs> yeah. got to go take care of some crime stuff. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So. Look at him go. He's a nice officer. Yeah. That was pretty thorough cleaning. That's probably better than your cleaning person. Right? Yeah. I, I would say clean. so. Yeah. Check that out. You would never even know what happened overnight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Big sigh. <laughs> like, huh. All right. Got to go. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty. I cool. love that. The cleaning up is my favorite part. Very good. Yeah. Um, is. there's a new. <laughs> this is a great video as well. There's a new baby capybara, capybara. who has a capybara. name. Capybara. He has a name because he has a special dance. Should we should we play the video before yeah, we'll we tell you? Let's play the video yep. and then then you see if you can guess what they named him. Yep. There he is. And there he goes. He's doing the thriller dance to Michael ah. Jackson's thriller. And so um, they gave this capybara uh, a new name, which is Eve. Eve is the name of the capybara. Yeah. Kind of funny. Uh, this foundation posted this video to Instagram showing this baby capybara walking in the water in a way that kind of looked like the opening sequence from that thriller dance video. Right. They asked the public to suggest the names for this female capybara. They got millions of likes and lots of suggestions, but they settled on the name Eve in honor of her arriving at the uh, the zoo on Christmas Eve. The baby capybara will begin participating in educational wildlife account encounters this week, so she'll be uh, dealing with the so public. Maybe we need a capybara to get the likes. Is that what we need? Yeah, maybe that's what are we're you, missing. Are you going to add one to your, uh, your tribe of pets over there? Or maybe I can get Archie to... Uh... To dance. Uh, by the way, I think I figured out Archie's aggression issue. Oh, what is that? So I'm staring at him and I'm thinking, why is all, why all of a sudden is he, you know, angry when I'm just like being nice to him, right? Yeah. And I looked at his collar, which I had gotten him two months ago, and he was kind of scratching at it. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, I've read everything on cats. And so, uh, cat psychology. Mm -hmm. And I realized, oh, he, Maybe he's in pain. Maybe it's bothering him. Maybe there's discomfort. And then I Googled that and collars and discomfort. And yeah, it can cause cats discomfort. It can mm -hmm. make their um, the skin under their fur sore. So I took off his collar night before last. And he has been sweet and nice ever since. Like a whole new cat. Well, like a restored cat. It's kind of wow. like an installed and reinstalled Archie. And then yeah. <laughs> an Archie reboot. Self reboot and he's sweet again so hopefully that was it um because i was getting concerned i was thinking maybe there was a health issue was going on well since um, we're trading pet stories that's awesome by the way uh we took our dog to get groomed yesterday and she came they oh they give you a report at the back end like here's your status of your dog <laughs> the status of the dog how are the, the brakes how are the brakes on your dog <laughs> says she's chunky oh chunky dog yeah, she said she's gained a little weight since we last saw her. Yeah. So you, you guys need to maybe feed her less. The problem is people at the dinner table, people meaning children, that don't want, you know, the crust of their bread or whatever, just kind of hurl it over their shoulder and she catches it at the other end. So she's wow. eating people food. Yeah. Not the best. It's kind of hard to maintain no. her weight with that. Archie's Let's talk on a diet too. Yeah. I like to, we have to put Charlotte on a diet. Uh, this parrot hitches a ride out of a British zoo enclosure. What a beautiful bird. Yeah, officials at a British zoo said a parrot escaped from a facility by hitching a ride on a zoo visitor. The Colchester Zoo in Heckford, Heckford Bridge, Essex, Essex, um, said the rainbow lorikeet landed on a visitor as they were exiting the walk-in enclosure. The guest asked a zookeeper to remove the bird from them, but the Australian native parrot quickly flew off. The bird was subsequently spotted in several trees in various locations around the zoo but fled before it could be recaptured 
the zoo moved its other rainbow lorikeets to uh, their outdoor enclosure in the hopes that the, their calls would summon the wayward avian home. Um, yeah, we don't have uh, any any more details. So um, hopefully, hopefully they either found the bird or they will find the bird. Oh yeah, uh, I hope they found the bird, man. Yeah. I hate to think of it. Not very beautiful bird. Wow. And I hate to think of that out in the world. Yeah, you have to keep these guys warm enough, right? I don't know. I don't want it to. (laughs) Thank you, Mockingbird. Very nice. That's your uh, bird news for today. Thank you very much. Let's talk about The Ring. Have you heard about this? This is an outer space story again. Um, This ring, and I will show you a picture, is one of these new discoveries. Yeah. So see the ring, the the blue ring there? Okay. It's a newly discovered cosmic megastructure. It's now challenging theories of the universe. A 1.3 billion light year sized ring discovered by PhD, uh, PhD student in Lancashire appears to defy the cosmological principle assumption. Astronomers discovered this ring shaped megastructure. It's a, they call it the big ring. Uh, again, with a diameter of about 1.3 billion light years, making it one of the largest structures ever observed. At more than 9 billion light years from Earth, it is too faint to see directly, but its diameter on the night sky would be the equivalent of about 15 full moons. So it's a big, big thing. They presented the information and their observations at the American Astronomical Society in New Orleans. And what they say is it appears to defy one of the fundamental assumptions in cosmology called, of course, the cosmological principle, which says that everything uh, that above a certain spatial scale, the universe is homogenous and looks identical in every direction. So from current cosmological theories, we think the structures on this scale, we didn't think that structures on the scale were possible, according to this PhD PhD student. Why not? Can't say PhD. I don't know. She said we could expect maybe one. I could stumble over it for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. She said we could expect maybe one exceedingly large structure in all of our observable universe. Um, But zooming out on the universe should reveal a vast featureless expanse. Yet the big ring is one of a growing list of unexpectedly large structures. Others include the giant arc, which appears just next to the big ring. You can see the arc the giant arc right there. Um, Mm -hmm. It appears to be uh, right next, also discovered by the same person. Cosmologists calculate the current theoretical size limit of structures to be 1.2 billion light years, but the big ring and the giant arc, which span an estimated 3.3 billion light years, breach this limit. So what does that say about what we thought might not be true? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, in the cosmology industry she wants to be naked and free yes he does yeah, it wasn't tight it wasn't tight on his neck so it didn't even occur to me that it would bother him um you know mm-hmm. um and be, he has other behavioral issues like he still yeah. marks outside of the uh, litter box and yeah. so i've gone over everything with my vet so he has aggression but it's in different in different areas like a kind of a dominance male thing even though he has been neutered he still has that residual kind of you know how you know how men are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so Archie's a complex cat with a lot of anxiety, but anyway, we figured that part out. Let's talk um, about this uh, vibrating pill. What? <laughs> vibrating pill. You want me to do what? Where, where are we going with this? Let's get demonetized. Ew. Oh, no, revolutionary vibrating weight loss pill could reduce food intake by forty percent. The challenge of losing excess weight is also is often compounded by a desire to feel full, driving researchers to explore ever more innovative ways to trick our stomach into thinking it's packed to the gills with a hearty meal. Engineers from MIT, those are the good ones, have taken a new approach to the problem, developing a vibrating pill that tickles the tummy from within, provoking specialized stretch sensors. Do you know you had stretch sensors? I didn't. In the stomach wall into telling the brain that there's no more room. For somebody that wants to lose weight or control their appetite, it could be taken before each meal. 
according to a former MIT student who is now a bioengineer at Harvard. They're also mm. good. And they have a lot of money over there. So you take, really... you take the, the vibrating pill <laughs> before your meal. It tricks your stomach into thinking and to sending a message to your brain via the stretch capacity that you're yeah you're full and then you just what poop it out and then you take another one the next time imagine so this could really be interesting in that it would provide an option that would minimize the side effects that we see with other pharmacological treatments out there approximately two out of every five adult americans are now considered obese (laughs) while nearly a third are overweight while the relationship between body mass and health is a complex one the challenges associated with carrying significant amounts of stored fat can often lead to a litany of concerning Um, conditions and litany would be a ding word Uh, one consequence of weight gain is an impaired ability to feel satisfied with eating smaller quantities of food especially fats and sugars and i've noticed that as i've lost weight Mm -hmm. i'm not really hungry um throughout the day so you know and and you know you do your ab exercises and you get your stomach under control right i think it's it's smaller and it's um calm (laughs) controlling calorie intake through dieting is a struggle and the brain is wired to expect more there are, there are, of course, a number of ways we can hack our body's digestion. 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 There we got it. <laughs> Circuitry to shut down <laughs> this hunger response, ranging from simply filling our stomach with the materials that are low in calories, such as water, uh, to drastic interventions like bariatric surgery. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. We'll see how the research goes. Yeah. Hey, what about the age-old question? You know, they've been working on this question for a long time, and they really haven't had an answer. Why is pee yellow? Why is urine yellow? Is that the age-old question? That is the age-old question. I like the yellow Uh, bricks in the bathroom. It's like the yellow brick road. I would say it's due to the waste products in the urine. Hmm. Well, scientists have been trying to answer this question for a long time, and they have come up empty. But now they think there's an enzyme in urine that makes it yellow. It's called bilirubin reductase. And they think Mm. that understanding this, that this is in urine, could lead to better treatments for gallstones, for jaundice, for inflammatory bowel disease, all kinds of things. Well, because it varies based on how much water you have, right? Because it it may be Mm straw-colored, dark, dehydrated. But it's been very unclear to scientists for apparently centuries. And I didn't know this was a burning question. What gives? Oh, no, not burning. What gives uh, urine this yellow hue? But the University of Maryland and the National Institutes of Health believe they have solved the mystery by pinpointing a microbial enzyme that makes urine yellow. The details are published in the January journal Nature Microbiology. But according to the study, the team built on decades of research going back to the 60s and a difficult three and a half year long lab experiment to find this enzyme in the gut microbiome called bilirubin reductase. And they say this is responsible for the color of urine. The gut microbiome is full of incredible chemists, they say. It's so important to human physiology. Wait, the chemists are in your gut? Yeah, the The, chemists chemists are in there. The guys? Rolling around. Yeah, yeah. People? They say it's so important to human physiology. All of these molecules that get the gut microbes are making. Uh, He says, as we understand more about microbial chemistry in our gut, we're going to understand the important things. But the first step for any of this is to figure out the enzymes responsible. Because if you don't know what's going on, you can't even start the research. So now we at least have this. We know. We know why P is yellow. I know you were, you had been asking yourself this for a long time too, right? And now you know. No, No. you didn't care. Okay. No, just looking at my lab results, seeing if it's straw colored or clear. Oh, that's it. Too much Um, info. Yes, too much info. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about words. These aren't, well, I guess these would be ding words. Um, University aims to revive words including blatherskeet and petrichor. What's blatherskeet mean? Google it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, don't Michigan, ask yeah, Got it. Michigan's Wayne State University released its 15th annual list of long lost words due for a comeback, including blatherskeet, raw gabbets, dollop. Did dollop really go anywhere? I think dollop is still around. And petrichor. 
Um, Wayne State's Word Warriors program, which aims to resurrect long lost but not completely forgotten words, is compiled from suggestions by website administrators and members of the public. Um, this year's words include Blatherskeet, a person who talks at great length without making much sense. Oh, that yep. sounds familiar. Blatherskeet, a person who blathers a lot. Are you trying right. to say I'm a Blatherskeet? No, I didn't say anything about you. Uh-huh. Right. Um, I'll admit it. I'm not, a Blatherskeet. It's, <laughs> it's not all about you, Kim. Uh, Kerglaff, <laughs> Kerglaff, the shock felt when one first plunges into cold water. Dollop. Hmm. A shapeless mass or blob of something. I don't think dollop went anywhere. No. Like a dollop of daisy. Dollop of right. daisy. Coffee, uh, coffee clutch. Coffee coffee clutch. Co- coffee clutch, yeah. Yeah, they're spelling it with the K-A. K-A, co- coffee clutch. Uh-huh. An informal social gathering uh, at which coffee is served. Uh, it's not very common, but I've heard that. And Pocky, P-A-W-K-Y, having a mocking or cynical sense of humor my favorite word <laughs> mocking or having a cynical sense of humor on brand once again our word warriors have provided a collection of words that make our language a bit livelier chris williams said head of the word warriors program uh other words making the list this year are petrichor pleasant smell it frequently accompanies the first rain after a long period of warm and dry weather oh, okay i know that one pettifogger an inferior legal practitioner rog abbott a person who speaks confidently but ignorantly. That could also apply to YouTube. Thunderplump. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's that? Oh, That's a you good one. Thunderplump is yeah. a heavy fall of rain during a thunderstorm. Oh, you need to write that one oh, down. Oh, a thunderplump. I love that. Too bad you don't do uh, weather uh, forecasts or reports. I might have to start. And twinkle. T-W-A-N-K-L-E. To twang with the fingers on a musical instrument. Oh, you twinkled it. You yeah. really twinkled that guitar. This year's list is uh, particularly evocative, William said. I love to picture myself inhaling the petrichor after summer thunderplump or listening to some twinkle, uh, someone twinkle away on a guitar. It's really a great selection this year. So Petrichor your... is a pleasant odor associated with rainfall, especially when following a warm, dry period that arises uh, from a combination of... Uh, volatile plant oils and geosmin released from the soil into the air by ozone and carried by downdrafts. That's what it is. Yeah, I think I already said that. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. You're welcome. Reviewing. You're reviewing for the <laughs> Just test. Just a little review. Yeah, you're these are my. The these are some good new Scrabble words you're giving me. This is fantastic. There you go. Yeah. Um, okay. There was a pretty creepy find in this house. People started... Oh, this the story is kind of long, okay? Yeah. It's a, strange the thing. They strange things started happening to these homeowners who were renovating this home in the UK. The home is from the the 1960s and it has some really weird like corridors and pathways and attic space. This woman was um She's got four videos that she shares, but the house is full of character. And in one room, there was a door. They open this little door, and behind the door is another door. And behind that door, a curtain. <laughs> right. So, like, what, what's going on in here, right? So, it's a series of closets within closets inside the spare bedroom. And upon finding the secret storage area, she found there was yet another room behind a brick wall. And in the distance, when she looked into this room, you could see there was a silver suitcase back there. Okay, so what's in the suitcase, right? After walking around, she said, like a crazy person trying to find another entrance to the hidden room, she eventually found an access hatch in the back of another closet in a different room, which led to a boarded up cupboard. She said she was too scared to open it until her husband got home. Like, what's in the suitcase? I don't want to know until I have backup over here, right? I think I would have stopped a few steps before that. In this uh, video, her husband and this woman, she was finally seen accessing the secret room, grabbing the suitcase, and um, they opened it. But inside the suitcase was a smaller suitcase. And inside that suitcase... Are there drugs involved in this story? No. And meanwhile, the couple's dog is there, and it's freaking out. Like, whatever is happening, it is not happy. So Mm. as they're 
live streaming these videos, people were like, don't open the suitcase. Don't do it. Inside the suitcase, which was inside of a bigger suitcase, is this doll. Uh, it's a strange doll. It was secured under straps. They said it's nothing from a horror movie or anything or anything out of the ordinary, but just a strange doll. They thought, well, maybe it's a collectible. Uh, it has a crochet style pink dress on, but it was strapped into the suitcase. They don't know why. They say it's very disturbing. Their dog was not amused. The viewers to their live stream video not think, amused. They think they've unleashed evil. Eric says this feels staged, and I think I tend to agree you think with Eric. So? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe they just wanted the clicks, the likes, and the subscribes. Oh, they think they locked the this doll was locked into the suitcase for a reason and only got to 2024. They say, please just put the doll back. Put it back before evil is unleashed. Luis S. Did this take place in Florida? <laughs> no, it was the UK. It was the UK. William says Annabelle. Yeah. Walter says yeah. it's Megan. Right? Or something. Karen's the comments having fun in, the, with him. in the comments, people said, we've all just witnessed the start of the movie. Keep us keep us updated on what you have awoken. Yeah. A haunted doll. So I don't know why somebody would have put the doll in a suitcase, in a suitcase, in a room, behind a door, behind another door, behind a curtain. But there she is. For yeah. the stone stack channel there up on the top. Uh, for the tech talk. <laughs> no. Creepy. Speaking of creepy. Yeah, Morrison's which, Morrison's, which is a store in the UK, is using a RoboCop, uh, RoboCop cameras in supermarket aisles to stop customers from stealing expensive booze. Oh. They installed branded SaferPod S1S next to alcohol as a deterrent <laughs> against the shoplifting epidemic plaguing Britain. As so if they care if they're if they're seeing it on video. Nobody would. Do you care if you get caught on video? Uh, if you're no. going to be prosecuted, yeah. I guess The stationary so, four-legged safety devices are equipped. Oh, so they don't really, they don't move. I guess, yeah, that's obvious from the photo. The stationary four-legged safety devices are equipped with HD cameras and a state-of-the-art 120 decibel siren uh, system to alert against thieves. They are powered by a solar panel battery. They must be charging outside. And can be moved around the store. <laughs> Not much sun inside the store. They can be moved around the store and to problem areas while operated uh, by a control room via an app. Morrison's is currently reviewing the results of their trial in a handful of stores over the Christmas period. One CCTV monitoring station was seen stationed next to premium whiskey on Monday with the warning, we're keeping an eye on things to keep your store safe. It was spotted by a customer who they interviewed here who compared the new security system to the cyborg law enforcer in the 1987 <laughs> film RoboCop. He wrote on uh, Twitter, I'm just calling it Twitter, uh, wow, Morrison's, how welcoming RoboCop feels. I'm typing this as I wait for one member of staff covering all the uh, self-service tills. I'm, I'm also being filmed there because actually paying staff to work when you can just make customers feel like they're criminals is lovely, isn't it? Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess what's the difference between being filmed from up above because, you know, there's cameras in the store yeah, versus I'd, being I mean, filmed from a pod right in the aisle? Practically speaking, the these are HD cameras and they're closer up, so you're going to get mm -hmm. a better view. Whereas if the camera's far up, you're probably you know you've seen like footage from the cameras yeah. up above. It's kind of grainy like a little bit. Mm -hmm. Grainy, it's blurry, it's far away, and then sometimes you can't make out you know because they're partially obstructed. So yeah, um, yeah, they're just trying to make it obvious, like in your face, like you know, in case you're uh, we're watching kind of alcoholic, you alcoholic alcoholic that goes to stores and yeah. steals the booze. So. If you had a million dollars, do you think that's enough to retire on? And how yeah, much I'm do you think? Here. I'm out. That's it. You're out. <laughs> that's no more after party. Yeah, probably not a million dollars. No, that's not. How much do you think it would last? How long do you think it would last you? For me, it would last yeah. a while. Mm, For yeah, you, you're frugal. Hey, what are you trying to say? You have kids. Oh, that's true. But hopefully, by the time I retire, they'll be on their own and making their own money. Right. fingers crossed we hope <laughs> um yeah. so they say for americans planning to retire soon having a million in savings might seem like it's enough but that really depends on where you're going to spend your retirement now you have to move to like some developing country cheap place there's a new study from go banking rates and they analyzed how long a one million dollar retirement fund will last you nationwide so they're assuming a couple of things. So they're assuming that a retirement age of 65 years of older um, and 
annual cost of living expenses like housing, utilities, and food, and they looked at all 50 states. They used the latest data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics 2020 Consumer Expenditure Survey. They also used the Missouri Economic Research and Information Center. So they say in some states like Mississippi and Oklahoma, a $1 million retirement fund will last you about 22 years. Luis says one million would be three Taylor Swift shows for your daughter. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, we're not going. We were gifted the last ones. We didn't have for that. But yeah, so 22 years isn't so bad, right? For Mississippi, Mississippi and Oklahoma. That's all right. The only problem is you have to, you live, have in to live in Mississippi and Oklahoma, Oklahoma, but that's all right. Yeah. At least you could retire and you could live comfortably. And if I in go back to Oklahoma, they would probably follow me around again like, uh, like this robot like they did last like, time I was there. Yeah, you don't want that. In other states like New York and Hawaii, which already have high cost of living expenses, the $1 million retirement fund would last you less than 15 years. For retirees here in California, the annual cost of living expenses would be $72,319 a year, meaning a $1 million retirement, retirement fund would last 14 years. Wow. That's it. People so, are living longer, though. Gotta keep that that's in mind, true. Too. So that's not enough. So a million dollars seems like a lot, but it isn't a lot. It'll last you 14 years. So if you wanted to stop working when you were 65, right? Yeah. You, then if you live longer than your mid 80s, you're in some trouble. Then what are you going to do? Oh, this whole capitalism thing seems like a scam. <laughs> anyway, sorry to bring down the party with that uplifting news. You yeah. got a million dollars? Boy, did you do great savings. It's not enough. It's no. not enough. Um, let's take a break. And when we come back, we have a story about a rare snowfall at Joshua Tree. And then Ooh. Disneyland is back in the news. Yes, we'll do that next on the After Party Live. The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience. And without you, this show wouldn't be possible. For a dollar a day, you could help feed a very moody three-year-old cat with a taste for turkey and chicken. Every day across this world, cats go 30 minutes without food and don't know where to turn. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Thank you for your consideration. Are you hungry? You want food? party where you don't even have to leave the house you could be naked for all we care the after party live poor archie now scientific <laughs> studies show that when we run that uh clip we receive more contributions so thank absolutely you, archie. thank you by the way for all your contributions to the show including ongoing contributor lee s you are so appreciated thank you lee for uh, helping support the after party live Yes, yeah. small budget operation. Every contribution helps out a lot. We we're not one of those big budget YouTube shows, you know, with like nineteen thousand uh, uh, subscribers. So we yeah, uh, we appreciate true. every little contribution. <gasps> Speak of the devil. Oh, look Speak at that! Hover five dollars. <laughs> Do Archie's feet smell like Fritos? I'm not getting the reference to. Mm -mm, no. Do Do they? Am I being a little slow? Not getting the reference. Um, no, they don't smell like Fritos. Oh. Uh, maybe you can explain the joke to me. Uh, Luis, $5. Damn it, John. The Archie card got me. I'm telling you. I think she's just trying to get you to sniff your cat's feet. I, that's what it's, That's what she's um, doing. Yeah. That's kind of a fetish. Elise with $10. <laughs> Thank you, guys. See, I told you. Exploiting really Archie. Nice. Um, he's pulling his weight around here. You know, he gets, you know, he gets uh, oh, kitty feet smell like corn chips. Oh. I've never noticed that. Is that a like a fetish? Like a weird? I don't know. It's a thing. I swear. What, you, what are you doing, Heather? What's going on over at your house? Okay, I'll take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not big on like getting near his feet because you're not supposed to be around cat poop, right? It's oh. uh, it's got you know a pathogen in it, right? That's why you're not supposed to flush it down the toilet. So mm -hmm. I try to keep away from his feet because you know he's walking around in you know litter box anyway. TMI. Yeah. Um, thank you for all the contributions. We yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you. By the way, if you could take a moment to click the like button, that would be awesome. And if you're here and you haven't subscribed, thank you for clicking subscribe as well. We appreciate it. I thought you were going to start a prayer. You can take a moment. Let us pray. <laughs> Let us say grace. <laughs> God, uh, next, please save Archie. 
Please, please save our, our please save YouTube. us from Satan. Please save our YouTube channel. So you're good with me. You know I love the show. I clicked like and I subscribed long ago. Uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, rare snow creates an otherworldly beauty in California's Joshua Tree oh. National Park. Have you been there? I have not, but wow, have not. is it it's beautiful. It's on my list. I probably should have gone when I lived in San Diego. My bad. Uh, snow fell in California's Joshua Tree National Park early Sunday morning, and the scene of spiky, spindly trees dusted in white powder appeared eerily beautiful. Alexander Glass said that she and her husband noticed the snow as they were driving up to Keys View, a popular vista point sitting at about 5,000 feet elevation. Oh, I didn't know it got that high. In the little San Bernardino Mountains, as the sun was rising on Sunday, she said that about 4,000 feet, um, at about 4,000 feet, the snow appeared. It was stunning. Uh, they were visiting from New York. They said it was very cool to have the sun rising and everything glowed. Uh, on route, Glass took a photo that was posted on Reddit and shows how the snow coated one side of the Joshua tree, but the not the other, uh, which is pretty cool. At the overlook, they said you could hear crunching as they walked on the path. There was snow everywhere. You you walk on this little walkway, and there was uh, about one to two centimeters of snow. So pretty wow. cool, right? Yeah, didn't I guess didn't last very long, but what a beautiful sight. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's California and yeah. desert, so it's not going to last that long. But um, see if I can get this picture of the uh, the Joshua tree that had uh, snow on one side. Here we go. Oh, that's cool. There you go. I wonder. Cool. I mean, they're not they're they're not used to snow, so I well, do they? Is it hurt them? I wonder if they they no asking questions. Okay. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> I forgot the after party rules. Google it. Speaking of California, let's go to Disneyland. The Disneyland Half Marathon event is returning for the first time in seven years. It's been a why while. Would you, why would you combine something fun with, <laughs> with running? Something that, yeah, that requires Ooh, exertion. People love this thing. It sells out. It's a four-day event. It includes a half marathon, a 10K, a 5K, kids races, and more. Are you, you running back and forth to get fast passes? You're not. You run through... Disneyland and the surrounding areas and along the way you encounter Disney characters on course entertainment uh, as you make your way through the resort. It is happening for the first time in seven years from January 11th to January 14th. So underway as we speak at the Disneyland Park and at the Disney's California Adventure. The last time they did this was in 2017. More than 8,700 runners crossed the crossed the finish line. Uh, the top runner they crotched the crotched the finish line. Crotched it, yeah. That that they, they, sounds painful. They crossed the finish line. The top runner covered it. Uh, it was a 13.1 mile course in under 90 minutes. The slowest in just over four hours. That would be me. I'm like, I'll be back here walking. Don't bother me. I'm stopping to watch the entertainment. Uh, the event was canceled in 2018 and the following years because of the construction of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And then we had the pandemic coming in. And so it's been a while. So the yeah, the first time in seven years. And they say this is a big draw for runners and for Disney fans. Past races have attracted 25,000 runners and have generated 20 to $30 million for the Orange County economy. I have absolutely no interest in running beyond like doing the uh, beta breakers, yeah. which is like for mm -hmm. fun that the rest of that. Yeah. It doesn't sound fun. Well, this is for fun. You just run through Disneyland. It doesn't sound fun to me. No, no, not doing uh, it. Reviewing our pre previous topic. Uh, Heather says it's really a thing. Sniff the top fuzzy part of the cat's paw, not the bean part. Okay. So the top of the foot, I don't know. I've never gotten that close to Archie's <laughs> claws because I value my life. Uh, she says, I wonder what Satan's feet smell like. They smell very nice. I go to ba uh, Bath and Body Works, you know, do a little soap. <laughs> I take care of myself, a little self-care. Uh, Mama Day, three boys. According to my abuelita, Satan has one chicken foot and one goat hoof. That's oh. not true. That's just a rumor. No, no, I have beautiful feet. I get a pedicure, manicure. Well, speaking of not taking care of yourself, what a surprise from Vera Wang. Yeah, Vera Wang, who I always thought it's kind of, she's kind of weird, right? She's kind of like, uh, got a lot she's of attitude. Really good designer. Yeah, but she always seems like she's kind of, um, let's just say, high maintenance. The fashion designer says her go-to at Dunkin' is the cream-filled sugar-coated donut. 
Vera Wang has just revealed some of her surprising fast food habits. The fashion designer spoke to Page Six on the red carpet uh, at a gala in New York City where she shared that she eats McDonald's every day. Yuck. I do eat McDonald's, absolutely. I order every day, like two weeks on it, and then I'll change. McDonald's isn't the only chain she indulges in. She also revealed that she's a fan of Dunkin' Donuts. I like the cream-filled sugar-coated donut. It's like a jelly donut, but it's cream inside, vanilla cream. I like pink with sprinkles, too. Um, here's her donut intake. Wow. Uh, despite her fast food habits, Wang says it's hard to work, or it's hard work that helps her stay young. Basically, I've worked my whole life, so it's been it's really been about work. Well, a lot of people work hard, and it's still like, you know. Yeah. Overweight. So <laughs> I, I think work keeps you young and stimulated. I work very long hours. I've raised two daughters. Daughters, I think keeping busy is the antidote, uh, antidote for good health. Uh, the revelation comes after Wang previously told a fan that vodka is now part of how she keeps so youthful. I don't <laughs> think so. I need hey. uh, my stomach to be like yours. What's your routine? Asked a, fa uh, asked a fan. Work, sleep, vodka, uh, not much sun. Well, that's the one thing she said that's probably helpful. Not well, if it works for Vera Wang, no, it's not going to work for everyone. Yeah, Did I would say this is like a lot of this. This is genetics, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think her body is that healthy on the inside. Just Probably saying. not. Mm -mm. You might be thin, but you can. Uh, Looks you know, can be deceiving, healthy. right? Yeah. We'll uh, catch up with her in 10 years. Did you know that there is this AI George Carlin comedy thing that there, there oh, is being no. put out? No. Yeah, and his daughter is not laughing. She is saying that um, this it lacks soul. This is not her dad. This is a two-ish minute uh, clip of her talking about this. Yeah, and all I, the people who would you know have an opinion on AI, I don't mm -hmm. think George Carlin would take you know, this uh, positively. No, and that's what she says. Take a listen. That's what she says. Carlin comedy special. Right. It's not yeah. George Carlin. It is some other machine interpreted version of obviously they used his material to train this machine to try to get his point of view, the themes he talks about. Um, they attempt the cadence of his voice. I really don't think they nail any of the human part of him. Yeah, probably topics he might talk about, but that's comedy. That's the fodder for comedy. So that's my first bone to pick is it is not George Carlin. So you really do not have a right to call it a George Carlin comedy special. And this isn't just about commerce. Um, most of it's not about commerce for me. All of my dad's stuff is on YouTube for free. You want to go watch it? It's free all day. Um, this is about understanding what it is to be a human artist and the art form itself. They had done a, a comedy special earlier uh, last year where it was supposed to be Tom Brady doing uh, stand-up, which that, I mean, I guess that's the, that was the attraction to them, like what if Tom Brady was a stand-up comedian? Um, Tom wasn't laughing and he actually threatened to sue them and they ended up taking it down. And I'm, you know, just wondering what what, if anything, you're thinking about doing going forward? We are having discussions with lawyers yesterday and today, and I may have to reach out to Mr. Brady's people to find <laughs> out uh, their strategy uh, with this, because it is important that we have both a cultural conversation about this, but clearly also a legal conversation. And the only pushback I've gotten the last 24 hours on social media are from people who have accused me of being greedy and not sharing my father's intellectual property and how dare I, you know, not fight the patriarchy of capitalism. Look at, look at my father's material. He loved individuals, but he knew what happened when groups of people got together and and greed was involved you worry about greed i'd worry about the greed of these technology companies using all of us for fodder yeah so that's uh that's what george carlin's daughter had to say and i wonder why they wouldn't have asked her first before they make this ai comedy special featuring ai the george same carlin a-holes that think that that would be a good idea 
Um, although <laughs> Kim living on the edge, TMZ, I think we just got demonetized. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Was it worth it? Maybe we Harvey Levin's going to take all our money. Oh, Thanks. no. <clears throat> well, he'll be glad to know he gets 57 cents. So congratulations. <laughs> uh, Lisa Marie Presley. Uh, I don't know if you have a photo for this one. Lisa Marie Presley's memoir is about to be published this autumn book was co-written with the star's daughter riley keogh and promises to reveal the complexity of being a presley um it was uh the as yet untitled book about lisa marie's life as the daughter of elvis will be released uh, on october 15th so we've got some time here lisa marie who died on january 12th last year has asked keogh to help finish her memoir parts of which she had recorded on tape According to the publisher, the memoir is composed mostly of Lisa Marie's words, with Keo filling in the blanks from her own memory. The book will discuss Lisa Marie's relationship with Elvis and her mother, Priscilla, as well as her marriages to Michael Jackson and Nicolas Cage and the loss of her son, Keo's brother, Benjamin, who killed himself in 2020. Yeah. Uh, people had the opportunity to know my, who my mom really was uh, or didn't. Sorry. Few people. <laughs> Let's start mm -hmm. that over. Few people had the opportunity to know who my mom really was other than being Elvis's daughter. I was lucky to have had that opportunity and working on preparing her autobiography for publication has been a privilege, albeit a bittersweet one. Uh, you remember Lisa Marie died unexpectedly at age 54 due to a bowel obstruction, which was complication of bariatric surgery she had several years ago. And that's sad. I didn't, I didn't know that. Did you know it? No. Yeah, it was bariatric surgery. Well, she is with risks. her kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. Really sad. That's our Debbie Downer for the day. Thanks for... Yeah. <laughs> happy to be here proud to serve can you make it happy again yes take me back to disneyland because you remember a couple of days oh, ago we told you that they were selling those magic key passes they had just started one day after they put them on sale three of them three different types of them because there are different rankings that you could buy have sold out after one day on sale the oh. enchant the Believe and the Inspire keys have sold out. The Imagine key, available only to Southern California residents, is still on sale. That pass is the cheapest option for Disneyland fans, priced at 500 bucks. It includes discounts on parking, select food, merchandise, Disney Genie Plus, etc. All the all these things, um, but it's only to av available to you if you live in Southern California. The Imagine key has the most blackout dates. It's, uh, yeah, it, they're gone. So you would think that with everyone feeling like things cost so much and we don't have as much money, how all of these magic key passes, which are incredibly expensive, sold out in one day. I guess we have our priorities straight. The same reason why people are spending $50 on a Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah, Lori exactly. says, I'm pretty, speaking of which, Lori says, I'm pretty anti-Disney right now because they're so expensive. None of my students' families can afford yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of took Disney off my radar after the um, annual pass went up when I lived in Southern mm -hmm. California. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, Eric says, mm -hmm. Disneyland runs. Sounds like what you might get after eating too much candy in the park. Yeah, you. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, and Luis with the $5 again, <laughs> contributing to prevent thank chatbot you. John, a.k.a. and Kim, a.k.a. the IAI after party, not live. Not live indeed. No. Thank you, Luis. You're funny. I appreciate that. Thank um, you. Thank you so much. This next Thank story, so much. I have experienced the tech tantrum. Uh-oh. Did it look mm -hmm. like this? Tech it, yeah. tantrums are yeah. the new norm for screen-crazed kids. Here's how to avoid them. Many parents worry about how much time their children spend watching screens. While some time for devices is fine for entertainment and education, we also know it is important for children to do things away from their TV and devices. This means for many families, there's a daily battle around kids getting off their screens chit, 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 and avoiding tech tantrums. New research looks at how parents and uh, carers can give uh, children uh, what they oh, help children with technology transitions. Why are transitions so tough? Technology transitions are a lot like transitions children experience throughout their day. These include being uh, stopping play to get dressed, moving from having breakfast to getting in the car, finishing uh, time on the swing to leave the park. These can be tricky because they involve self-regulation skills that children learn and develop as they grow, hopefully. Transitioning from screen to non-screen activities is something that many children would do more than once in a day, right? So often technology transitions can appear harder for children and the people who take care of them uh, than other transitions because they are highly engaging activities with developers mm -hmm. and media designers actively working to keep children connected 
Think of how streaming services automatically play the next show and display yep. all similar options for viewing. Um, uh, the study is working on a larger project to develop an online tool with advice from parents about using digital technologies uh, with their children. In this study, we have been exploring how to s support children with technology transitions. Uh, they worked with a group of 14 parents to explore different ways to move children off of technology. Over 12 weeks, we provided parents with ideas and advice to support transitions and then asked them what um, worked best. Families reported their top three strategies. Number one, prepare your kids. We would be upset if we were watching a movie and suddenly stopped it midway through without warning. Just right. like adults, children can be feel very annoyed and frustrated when their device is suddenly taken away, especially when they're enjoying a game or watching content that they like. So prepare your child and let them know that their time with the screen will end. Some successful parent uh, strategies for parents in, in the research used were you can watch two episodes of the show. When this game is finished, we will stop. These help children to know how much time they have with the device before they, uh, they're done. Uh, number two, do something for real life, uh, do something real life uh, inspired by the screen. So you can use children's interest in what they're watching to help them move to from technology in, into non-digital activities. For example, mm -hmm. if your child's been watching Bluey, you could invite them to complete a Bluey puzzle or role play some Bluey games, such as keeping Uppy or an, uh, do you know what this is? Keeping Uppy? Yeah, characters. Oh, okay. Or yeah. obstacle course. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't speak kid. Uh, <laughs> number three, give give kids uh, choice offering children choice in these situations very powerful you know giving them an option of what they want to do yeah um, but anyway this is uh interesting so i i think we're doing pretty well over here on this julia yeah. never had a problem with video games and mm. you know having being glued to a screen but you've you've seen people especially kids when you are talking to them but they're so immersed in what they're watching yeah. <laughs> this the kid, Heather says this picture is almost as scary to me as a spider pick. Oh, Heather. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, Heather. But sniff those um, paws. They they'll watch, they'll be watching something and they're so like zoned into it that they don't hear they don't hear what's going on. I don't think they try to ignore you. They're just like immersed. The TV has captured them. So now at at, well, the rule at my house is if I'm talking to you and you're so involved in what you're watching that you don't answer me, it's an immediate turnoff. Like we Sorry, turn what? it off right then. Done. It's, out, it's over. Sorry. And what? if you're. What? Sorry, what? Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to come. Well, I'm going to drive to San Francisco and throttle you. It is one Punish. of the most expensive cities. Mm. Um. I have trouble transitioning from the after party live to a YouTube desert every day. Don't even ask about the weekends. <laughs> Thank you, Ren. Um, which brings me to my next point. No video games during the week over here at all. It is wow. a non-video game house during the week. On the weekends, you there's a timer on the iPad on parental controls. You can set it for screen time. So we'll say, all right, on Saturday or Sunday, you have one hour to play whatever game it is you want to play. You would ban your kids from the chat, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Ouch. I think, you know, also it's about maintaining control of it. You know, you're in charge, not them. So if they freak out when you take away their technology, they freak out when you take away their technology. That's it. It's over. Teaching, teaching lesson. Mm. Like you were disciplining one of your kids after the show, and then they asked... Uh, they they wanted me to like uh, argue that they should get out of the uh, punishment, <laughs> but it didn't work because I agreed no, with the punishment. Uh, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but John Daly is not on your side. Give me your phone. That's it. No, no. Yep. Um. All right. So, lost cities. Interesting. Laser sensor technology is revealing a network of earthen mounds and buried roads in rainforests of Ecuador before unknown and now archaeologists have uncovered this cluster of lost cities in the Amazon rainforest they think this area was home to at least 10,000 farmers some 2,000 years ago they were first noticed more than two decades ago uh, by archaeologists but at the time they weren't sure how this all fit together now according to this report in the journal science on uh, 
on Thursday, mapping by laser sensor technology revealed these sites to be part of a dense network of settlements and connecting roadways even tucked into the forested foothills of the Andes that lasted for about a thousand years. It was a lost valley of cities. Incredible. The settlements were occupied by the Upano people uh, between about 500 BC and AD 300 to 600. That was a period about the same time as the Roman Empire in Europe. They yeah, had, had Jesus in the middle there, too. There you go. They had residential and ceremonial buildings erected on more than 6,000 earthen mounds surrounded by agricultural fields. They had drainage canals. They had roads that were about 33 feet wide and stretched for 6 to 12 miles. Um, it was home to at least 10,000 inhabitants, perhaps as many as fifteen to 30,000 at its peak. It's comparable to the estimated population of Roman-era London, which was Britain's biggest city back then. They said it shows very dense occupation and extremely complicated society uh, for the region really in a class of its own terms how early it is there. So pretty cool. They said the Incas and Mayas built with stone, but people in Amazonia didn't usually have stone available to build, so they Mm. built with mud. It's still an immense amount of labor. So that's why they're they're mounds now that you can see. How cool to find that. Very cool. Yeah. Square says, y'all know we love you eight tenors wherever we can find you. Heart. Aw, thanks, Square. 8080810, the telephone number. We invite you to join the conversation. <laughs> uh, Don't no, call no. it. It's No one's going to answer it anymore. No, Don't do no, it. Gene. No. I think it just rings and rings and rings. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, we like the 810. Well, the old 810. I wonder um, if anybody took the number after it was like a cell phone number after it was over. If, imagine if you had that number, 8080810. Oh, not in the Bay Area. Like they 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 kept yeah. it in like the radio station. Oh, do they have it like, still? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure they they would have parked that. Yeah. Engineering, the engineering engineering department, they don't really need to be told what to do. They, they're very smart people and they'll, they'll take care of everything. Yeah. Um, how building fake aircraft carriers and destroyers in the desert could be helping China better threaten the U.S. Navy. Uh-oh. Well, they fake, these, they're faking us out? These mock-ups would be very practical in this context, helping Ch- uh, China develop and refine its missiles, a key part of China's defense strategy. China has previously conducted missile testing out in the desert, and China's been building these mock-ups for years with the apparent targets, both past and present. Uh, they, these t- targets may shed light on the People's Liberation Army's goals in testing and training and also potentially highlighting its capabilities should a conflict arise. New satellite images, courtesy of Planet Labs, taken at the beginning of this year, show what appear to be a mock-up of the U.S. Navy's Gerald R. Ford aircraft carrier on a range in the Taklamakan Desert in Xinjiang province. Hmm. Uh, it is the latest target built in that area. Satellites previously captured U.S. aircraft carriers and destroyers destroyer-shaped targets in October of 2021. I'm telling you, the Chinese with their, you know, they they got that plane that or that shuttle that went up, mm-hmm. and they got the the balloons going over the U.S. <laughs> What's going they're, on? They're trying from every angle, right? In the past, satellite images have also captured what appeared to be a ballistic missile impact test site on the edge of the Gobi Desert in western China. A mock-up of a U.S. aircraft carrier was also found there, and in 2013, there were multiple reports of the PLA sinking it during quote unquote sinking it during exercises the accompanying satellite images of the target show two craters apparently created by airstrikes looking at the images of the apparent ford mock-up which is more than a thousand feet long the target seems to be quite detailed four catapult tracks are marked on the model's deck matching those found on the ford the island too is positioned in the same location as the ford Uh, work on the relatively new target which was first reported by the war zone uh, which is a website last week began at least by July 2023 when satellite images captured two smaller carrier targets and an outline of a larger one in the same place where the apparent Ford mock-up was later built. So the Chinese are busy. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm I'm fascinated by the fake-outs. Mm. No, that's no. the after party. That's it. Have a great a weekend. Friday. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for you all have any your... The kids have plans, so I'm going to be driving people around from place to place. My big plan for the weekend, get the Christmas tree out of the house. How about that? Oh, yeah. Heather Uh, Kennedy for $5. Thank you so much. We'll check on Archie's feet. Archie's feet might smell like Fritos. I'll have to investigate and come back. We'll get back to you. We'll do some Archie research.
uh, the study people will put them on it. Yeah. Luis, $5. Thank you very much. <laughs> the Archie card got me again. Elise Imzario for a $10 super sticker. And then Luis for another $5 uh, anti-AI. Thank you so much. And thank you for our ongoing contributor, Lee S., for all you do for the show as well. Yeah, thank you to everybody that uh, contributes. We, again, are completely crowdfunded uh, yeah. and uh, we're a very low budget operation. Yes. So every contribution makes a huge impact and lets us continue to do the show. So that's we right. Thank you. We thank you yes. very, very much. Find our PayPal information uh, in the show description. Please click like and please click subscribe if you haven't already and have the very best weekend, everybody. Bye, John have, Daly. Have a great weekend and uh, we're out of time. Bye bye. Bye bye.